Knoxville Tower, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, taxi via Alpha Taxiway. No delay, wind 2004, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, clear for takeoff, traffic 3 mile final. Read back correct, tower for taxi, have a good flight. Welcome to From the Runway Up. I'm Becky. And I'm Caitlin. And we work in the Public Relations Department at McGee Tyson Airport in Knoxville, Tennessee. We understand that going behind the scenes in an airport these days isn't as easy as it used to be. So that's where this podcast comes in. Each episode, we'll give you a behind-the-scenes look of current events at our airport and in the aviation industry as a whole. So fasten your safety belts and join us on this aviation adventure. Welcome to our newest edition of From the Runway Up. Thank you for joining us today. I am very excited about the conversation we're going to have with two individuals about a program we don't talk about a whole lot or haven't, I don't even think, covered on our podcast so far. And that's the disadvantaged business program that the airport has. And we're going to have an in-depth discussion of how you get involved with that program, the benefits of it, and why airports and local municipalities even get involved in programming like that. So we're really looking forward to our discussion today. And we are bringing in experts from the Metropolitan Knoxville Airport Authority, as well as the city of Knoxville to talk about these programs. Well, Alan and Pamela, thank you so much for joining us today for our podcast. Why don't we begin by just letting each of you introduce yourselves and your roles within your organizations? All right. Uh, This is Alan Jones. My title is Director of Administration and also this particular program, Disadvantaged Business Enterprise Liaison Officer. Took me a few years to learn how to say that all. Well, it is a, it's a long title. That's a pretty it's a long, long title. title. Yeah. <laughs> and for short, it's the DBE Liaison Officer, DBE standing for Disadvantaged Business Enterprise. Hello, my name is Pamela Cotham. My title with the city of Knoxville is Assistant Purchasing Agent. But my function, my role is Small Business and Diversity Outreach Manager. Great. Thank you for joining us today. And anyone who's listening, if you're really interested in this program and after you've listened to this podcast, if you want to learn more, Alan Jones did a really good presentation on airport disadvantaged business programming for our board. And that audio minutes are found on our website at flyknoxville.com under previous board minutes. You can download and listen to an entire presentation about it. So that's a good resource if you listen to this and you want to know more. Well, and that's really what sparked our interest as we were listening to Alan's presentation. We thought that you all, our listeners, would take a lot away from it, just as we did. So, Alan, let's kind of dive in and um, first just explain what is the DBE program? Uh, Again, the DBE program um, is an acronym that is used different ways throughout the state of Tennessee, different ways throughout the nation, actually. But our DBE means disadvantaged business enterprise. And it's a program that was begun by legislation of Congress in 1983, and they provided funding for all the Department of Transportation entities across the United States. And as such, they mandated participation of minorities and women-owned businesses. So they enacted legislation then. And the airport is one of the recipients of the federal funding because we get that federal funding. We're responsible for developing and maintaining the program for the Disadvantaged Business Enterprise Program. Now, there are other programs called DBE that don't mean the same thing as our acronym means, but 
we all pretty much do the same thing. We're advocates for small businesses. We try to make sure uh, businesses are included, minority businesses, women-owned businesses, veteran disabled businesses, other small businesses, no matter what the ethnicity or race or whatever. We try to be inclusive and make sure those who are typically left out have the opportunity to be included and learn about ways how they can be included in projects when we have them. Well, and Pamela, how is that different? Alan's talking about an airport environment. What does the city of Knoxville, what does the program look there? So the city of Knoxville's program is very, very similar to Alan's program there at the airport. We have uh, recently also included in our outreach businesses owned by persons with disabilities. We are not at this point aware of very many in the area, but we are on the outlook for those kind of businesses. But the programs are very similar. We um, do the same thing, work within our both internally with our using department, our end use, our requisitioners, our P-card holders, our warehouse clerks. And then we also work externally with our vendors, our, like uh, Alan mentioned, our women-owned, small, minority-owned, service-disabled veteran and persons with disabilities, trying to get them connected internally with our departments to give them those opportunities to do business and grow their business. That's great. And so how do you two work together with your different programs? I'm glad you asked that question because... Uh, When I first came to the airport, even though the program has been enacted since 1983, I came to the airport from KCDC, Knoxville's Community Development Corporation. And we had become members of the mayor's diversity group trying to help improve diversity inclusion in Knoxville way back then. And then when I came to the airport in 2005, One of the things I was um, informed about was the DBE program. I had no idea what it was and never heard of it. And in those days, my supervisor at that time, the late Mike Bachman, who was vice president of finance administration, very practical man with a business background and knew all about airport business. And one of the things that he shared with me early on was the airport is great. We have a great reputation We have opportunities, but our opportunities are sometimes limited. There are only so many contractors that are going to be participating. So what I started doing was advocating for small businesses with our sister agencies, like the city of Knoxville, like KUB, TVA, Public Building Authority, and a myriad of other agencies. So Pam and I have been working together for several years, and she has been a big help to us in getting our word out about our DBE program and about her diversity business initiatives as well. So by working together, all those different entities, we have been able to outreach and touch more people who may be interested in our programs. Uh, And she'll talk a little bit later about a diversity business expo that we have coming up which is one of the events. And we have put together several events during the year, and there are other entities that put together outreach events. So we highly recommend anyone that's interested in connecting with the airport, with the city, with Knox County, with KUB, with any of those entities, with TDOT, if you will, just kind of pay attention to these uh, outreach events when we have them together, because by having them together, we provide more opportunities that businesses can connect with. 
So we've had a great relationship. We continue to have that. We continue to coordinate our outreach events so that we can have the best impact. And Knoxville, I think, and Blount County and our surrounding area, we have been very progressive and working together to outreach to small businesses in our community. And let me dovetail on what Alan just said. There are several agencies in the area. We're basically, we're all members of the East Tennessee Purchasing Association. But when we realized that we were all trying to do the same thing, which was to work with our DBE businesses, like Alan mentioned, we kind of came together and we started meeting on a regular basis to try to pool our resources and and work together to plan events and and to do things to help with our outreach efforts. And we've kind of played with our name a little bit (laughs) a couple of times, but I think we've landed now on a name that best describes our collaboration, which we're under the umbrella of the East Tennessee Purchasing Association, but the name of our committee is the Diversity Business Alliance Committee. And which is right now made up of eight core agencies that have come together and we work together to do, as as Alan said, our flagship event, which is coming up shortly. And then we've done several other things together. But it's so much easier to do this outreach initiative when we team together and pool our resources and we're all moving together as one. I think our outreach has grown and, and widened and people are, are now starting to come to us. Our committee heard about our efforts and now the DBEs are coming to us instead of us having to flip over every rock trying to find them. And I hate to use the analogy rock, uh, but the, instead of us having to get out there and, and scour and look for these companies, they've heard about us and they're coming to us now, which is is it's been a great thing and makes our makes our jobs a little easier. <laughs> There's still a lot of aspects to it, but at least we're getting our name out there now. To add what Pamela just said, another aspect of working together is that if I'm a private business, I may be a little afraid of approaching the airport or approaching the city by myself. Don't know who to talk to. You know, I'm like a needle in a haystack. So You know, I may be a little hesitant to approach, but when you have a one-stop shop outreach effort with all the various entities together, I'm a little bit bolder (laughs) because there are going to be more people and I'm kind of like in a business mall, just kind of shopping my talents and sharing and handing out business cards. So I think our uh, mode of outreach makes our programs more accessible to the general public and to those who are interested, and especially to the upstart businesses who haven't ventured out as far as some of the established businesses. The way we do it helps. And one more point to Alan's uh, point there, and it's funny, we, we peed off of each other. You made me think of another <laughs> point. One thing that I've really enjoyed is if I meet a vendor, um, and I love when vendors come call me and say, can we sit down and meet? And I know Alan does spends a lot of time meeting with vendors as well, but I'll have a vendor to come to my office and, and they think they can really fit in with what the city does. But when I get to talking with them, they really really don't, or maybe they're just not ready. They're not ready to do business on the level that our agencies are are operating under. You know, they may need to step back and work on their capability study or or they may need to, you know, refine some things, or or maybe they're better suited for Knox County government, you know, because Knox County government has schools and the city doesn't have schools, the airport doesn't have schools. But when they come in, they're better fitted to work with one of our member core committee groups. And what we do as a group, which I really love, is that we'll say, hey, 
you need to go talk to Diane Woods. Here's her phone number. And I've even got business cards from the uh, group. And I'll say, here's her business card on her contact information and tell her I sent you. And so that gives them that confidence, like Alan was stating, to actually, you know, make that call or, you know, sometimes I'll go ahead and, and I'll email Diane and copy the vendor on there and say, hey, this vendor's coming to see you. You know, I think they're better suited for you. So it gives them that foot in the door, that extra, like he says, that confidence to reach out and try to make those contacts and make those moves that they need. And making yourselves more accessible makes the program more effective for these businesses. For people who are listening that maybe would be eligible for this program, but like you said, Alan, even when you started, you didn't really know what it was. What kind of things do DBE qualify for in regards to what vendors qualify for at an airport or with the city? What are some of the examples of things that they can do or how it works? Well, first of all, for the airports program, in order to participate in our DBE program, you have to go through what's called a certification uh, process. Uh, There's an application you would have to file, and application is on TDOT's website because we're, uh, the airport is actually partners with what's called the Tennessee Uniform Certification Program, much like what Pam described as our organization that we unite and work together on business advocacy. Well, TDOT is our lead certifier for the airport program. So all the airports are part of it, uh, all the transit authorities are part of it. And as a UCP, we work together to do similar outreach efforts. There's typically one outreach effort in the fall, of course, except for this past fall with COVID. (laughs) Hopefully this next fall we'll have it. But it's an outreach effort that reaches out to all the DBEs throughout the whole state of Tennessee. But in order to become a DBE, There are certain regulations and things that you have to meet. And I'll go over some of those points if you're ready for that. Essentially, you have to prove ownership. Your business has to be 51% owned by socially or economically disadvantaged individual. Number two, you have to be a social and economic disadvantaged business owner, which means either a minority or a woman or service disabled, and you have to prove the social disadvantage as well. And then you have to prove that your business meets SBA small business size. So, you know, depending on the type of business, there are different gross income levels based upon your type of business. So you just look that up on the SBA website, and uh, we can also do it for you once you apply. And then you have to have a personal net worth which is less than, get this, this is um, breaking news, (laughs) $1.32 million. (laughs) Now, the people I deal with typically have no problem with that. How do you even come up with a number that specific, I guess? Well, our our government is really good at (laughs) coming up with numbers. (laughs) And at one point, when I first came into the program, it was $750,000 was the personal network limit. And you should have heard the people screaming at our uh, conferences that that was too low (laughs) because the program was successful. Many people got involved in their personal net worth roles. But on the concession side of our business, you have to have so much capital to invest to become a concession that it became an issue that Congress addressed and they 
raise the level to 1.32 million. So you've got to prove that as well. And then you have to prove in order to be certified that you actually have control of your business as a minority or woman-owned business. And a word about that, initially in the program, when it was first started, there were there was a lot of program abuse. There were a lot of businesses that were setting up DBEs and the persons who were managing the businesses or were the so-called owners knew nothing about the business, <laughs> had no background in the business. Wow. Actually weren't running the business. It was just a front set up by someone else to do business and take advantage of the goals that we set in the DBE program. So a lot of fraud occurred, a lot of investigation occurred, people went to prison, went to, you know, it was it was a mess. So when I first came to the airport, and found out about that side of the program <laughs> and how important it was to maintain objectivity when you certify someone, it helped me to understand how serious the program was. So ownership, social and economic disadvantage, business size determination, personal net worth, control have to be proven in the application process. And we do a site visit and ask questions, interview employees to make sure all those pieces are met. And as long as they're all met, then we certify businesses as uh, members of the DBE listing and TDOT maintains a listing for the whole state of Tennessee. And we have over 800 DBEs throughout the state of Tennessee. Yeah, Pamela, is that how it works for the city as well? So the city's program is basically the same as what Alan just described, with the small exception, because the airport is federally funded quite a bit, their rules are a little bit more strenuous, I guess I would say, than the city's are. But nonetheless, what the city has done, um, and we initially, when I started with the city, I, I worked for another agency for years and was kind of courted to come to the city and work on the city's DBE program. But anyway, we were doing the SBA guidelines for the DBE program, which were so difficult to follow, <laughs> interesting to follow, I guess I would say. But anyway, we soon adopted the state of Tennessee's guidelines, which are outlined in TCA 12-3-1102. So we adopted the state of Tennessee's guidelines for our DBE program, which provides the definitions, which are pretty much in line with what um, Alan just went through. The city does not self-certify. That's one difference from what Alan just mentioned. But we do accept certifications from one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different agencies. And they range from the Small Business Association, administration rather, uh, TDOT, the State of Tennessee's Minority Business Council, the Women's Business Enterprise National Council, U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs, and the Tri-State Minority Supplier Development Council. I always mess those up. So now I just read them instead of trying to. (laughs) (laughs) Mouthful. (laughs) They are a mouthful, but we will accept their certifications into our program since we don't have the staffing to do the certification. It's it's a very time-consuming thing to do, but very necessary, as Alan outlined, because of the fraud that was happening in the program. Well, and Alan, you mentioned how we use TDOT. How many vendors are in the DBE listing for TDOT? Oh, as I mentioned earlier, there are over 800 DBE businesses in state and some from out of state, which brings up another point. We do have what's called reciprocity. Uh, In the last several years, 
what was happening, you'd have out-of-state DBEs wanted to come in our state to provide services and bid on projects. And uh, previously, you weren't eligible. So they created what we call reciprocity so that if you're certified in your home state and then you come to Tennessee, you can get certified through the lead certifying agency, which for us is TDOT. And TDOT will review certification. As long as they don't find anything wrong, they certify you here. So we've got businesses from out of state and we have businesses in state. And it's probably actually probably a thousand or more. But for sure, there are over 800 uh, on that list. I took a look at it before our podcast. <laughs> Anticipating that might be one of the questions we might <laughs> we might want to have that, have an answer for. Being well prepared is always a good thing. Always a good thing. <laughs> so we've talked a lot about how someone can qualify and be a part of this program but from your opinion, you both have really invested a lot of time and resources into this, into the development of strong programs for both the city and the airport. Why are having programs like this important to an organization? Well, for us, it's a mandate. We have a federal mandate to do it. And our regulations are 49 CFR Part 26, which governs our construction side of things. And then part 23 regarding the concession side. But beyond that, it's merely the right thing to do in order to be inclusive and sort of to spread the wealth, spread the opportunities among those who may otherwise not have an opportunity to participate in our projects. So these programs help level the field and open up opportunities for others. Not only is that the case, but Because of our program implementation over the years, what has happened has been that our primes actually get used to dealing with the small businesses and minority businesses and women-owned businesses. So they've developed relationships. And I've learned early on and still believe it's true that one of the biggest things that our applicants and uh, small businesses need to be aware of It's about relationships. You can meet all the certification requirements. You can become a DBE and we can send you the certification for your approval. You can be on TDOS list, the city's list, the airport's list. You can be on everybody's list. If you don't create relationships with primes and other subcontractors to work with them, you're not going to be successful. I found out it's all about relationships. And that's another benefit of our outreach efforts. We have so many entities gathered advocating for small businesses that it fosters the communication between small businesses, small contractors, large contractors, and primes. And we have an event coming up that's going to do that very thing. And let me dovetail on what Alan just said. One thing, and like you said, it is about relationships, but, you know, and he spoke about the external relationships from the, between the vendors and the general contractors and our office, but internally, something that I found was that, and I'm trying to be sensitive of the words I use here, some of our end users are people that, you know, had the P cars and, and have the ability to make these purchases that don't have to go out for bids, the warehouse clerks, the requisitioners, the admin techs, 
they get stuck in the, well, I've always done business with this person and I want to continue to always do business with this person. The thing that I have worked within the city of Knoxville to do is to get my internal departments to, to rethink some of these purchases because we all know that, and I think it's the same at the airport, with the city, under $5,000, my end users can pull the trigger and make those purchases. They can pick up the phone and call and say, hey, I need, you know, XYZ widget, or um, I need you to come out and take care of this service that we need to do. They can pull the trigger on these $4,999.99. They can pull the trigger on these things just, you know, all day long. Well, if I'm a small business and I'm trying to grow my business, if you picked up the phone and called me today and said, hey, for $4,900, I need you to come do the service. That is a huge shot in the arm from my company. And what I need to do was to try to get them to think before they actually, you know, pick up the phone and call Bob to make that order. You know, let's call, let's look at this list. And I've got an internal list of minority-owned and women-owned small companies that we keep on our intranet. And I say, you know, check this list and see, we've got it sorted by the different products and services that they provide. I provide them with the email name, phone number, and look at that list from time to time and see if there's somebody else you can do business with. And they've also started calling to say, uh, or they shoot me an email and they say, hey, we got this coming up. Who do you know that can do this? We've been typically doing business with this company, but do you know another company? So they're starting to come around and try to think about that when they have those opportunities. And like I said, that is huge for our small minority-owned women-owned businesses. And uh, Pam, I, I think I remember that the former mayor, Mayor O'Hara, instituted a policy related to the goals to require each department to at least report on their goals for their department. Is, is that, do I have the right remembrance? You are correct. And I started to mention that and I said, well, that, that takes us up down a whole nother rabbit hole, but I would love to go there if you all have time. And Mayor O'Hara, I love the way she thought out of the box and, and Mayor Cannon has continued in what Mayor O'Hara started but we do goals. We do goals with our individual departments. Each department is required to set a goal, and we set those goals on all and on three categories, which is our minority-owned, women-owned, and small. And then we take those goals and we boil them down to a city goal. So our right now for this current fiscal year we're in, our minority-owned goal is five point three five percent. Our women-owned goal is nine point five zero percent. And our small business goal is 38.40%. And what I really like about the way Mayor O'Hara initiated this program was that she holds them accountable. Mayor Cannon continues the same program. Yes. She's very dedicated to the program and continues that tradition and stresses once again with her cabinet that this is what you need to do and to work with me and my staff to make it happen. So, yes. Alan, she talked about goals for the city. We have goals for the airport as well, right? Yes, we do. Our most recent goals on the construction side are 10.8% of our federal dollars that are intended to go toward DBEs of all kinds. And uh, on the concession side, our goal remains 1% for car rental and 3% for non-car rental, which are the uh, gift shops and so forth. So uh, yes, those are our goals. And our construction goal, 10.8% is a three-year goal. So that's our current goal that we're striving for. And what our goals mean is that 
for instance, in our past report to the FAA, we spent over $2 million uh, with DBE businesses as a result of meeting our goals or surpassing our goals. And generally, we surpass our construction goals. Okay, so tell us about how people can get involved. And maybe you mentioned the Department of Transportation website where they could go and become certified if they're not. But if they're certified and they want to come to something like an expo, tell us about that. All right. So this year, our fourth annual Diversity Business Expo, we've had to move it virtually, of course, but it will be held on March the 4th. The event begins at 8.30 and goes to 11 o'clock. And the purpose of the expo is to provide that virtual face-to-face time with our local alliance members for those people who have those small dollar purchasing authority. So it is like a reverse trade show, in other words. So we'll be at the table and we'll be able to talk and converse with the DVEs that attend to give them some guidance them on how to do business with each of our agencies And once again, maybe say, you know, why don't you hop over and talk with some of the other agencies if that's a better fit. The thing that I like about our event is more than just the the typical event you go to, especially if it's a purchasing event, you'll have the department director, the division directors there, and they're not really the person that make those decisions. So what we have is those warehouse clerks will be at the table, the ones that can pick up the phone and make those calls, like I mentioned earlier. Also, one thing that we thought in order to make this worthwhile to the attendees was to have some local resource agencies there as well. But then when you look at, we've invited our agency, not only our procurement staff, but our internal departments will be there as well. So we'll have departments there like police, fire, our IT departments, our fleet departments, engineering, library, schools, public works, parks and rec. So there'll be a lot of our internal individual departments there as well. As of yesterday, when I checked, we had 66 different booths for our attendees to actually pop in virtually and visit and have these conversations. So that gives them, like um, Alan mentioned earlier, those build those relationships, make those contacts. That's really great. 66 for a virtual event is wonderful. I think that I'm hoping that it will be as successful as it sounds like it's going to be. And how can people register to attend that? So as we mentioned earlier, we fall under the umbrella of the East Tennessee Purchasing Association. So if you'll visit the ETPA website, which is etpanews.org, the registration is there on the front page. Uh, One of the things I'd like to add is there are several outreach events that we both participate in and others that are small business advocates participate in. One is the uh, Tennessee Veterans Business Association. And I think they had to cancel or postpone their event this year because of the pandemic. Uh, But they have an annual event that we participate in. Let me interrupt you, Alan, right there. I'm sorry to mess up your flow. I think it's been rescheduled to April the 30th. Okay, great. And then the East Tennessee Purchasing Association sponsors a business matchmaking and trade show, which typically is held at Rothschilds every year. Then there's other events that you know, the airport helps sponsor and we advertise our program with to reach out to different ethnicities and different cultural groups. So we've even supported the Asian festival. And out of that Asian festival, 
Pam and I and several others of our leaders of our group worked together with them to put together an Asian business seminar. And that was the first that we had had in our city, to my knowledge. And it was very successful. There was also Live, Learn, Grow, which was Women's Veterans Conference. That was the first of its kind, not this past year, but the year before it was the first one ever had, ever held, I'm sorry. And then, of course, I think I mentioned the TDOT Annual Conference is one I recommend that any of the businesses and our entities, our advocacy groups are represented there. And all the airports are typically there, the TDOT officials are there. And the last time we were able to have it, the U.S. DOT piggybacked on our event. <laughs> so we had U.S. DOT officials along with the state DOT officials. And the Ola Festival is another that, that we've supported and advertised with uh, in order to get some of those businesses to connect with us. So we are continually trying to be creative with our outreach efforts to touch different groups and to let them know they're invited in to come talk with us and do business with us. Well, thank you both for being on here today. I know I've learned a whole lot and I'm, I'm sure our listeners have, and hopefully we've made a connection or two for our programs or for the eight groups of people that have come together for your alliance. And we encourage people who are listening, if you're listening early enough to this, because hopefully we'll get this out in plenty of time for people to register for your event in early March. They need to get involved. Uh, we appreciate y'all's time today and we look forward to having you on future episodes. This was great. Thanks. Thank you, guys. I feel like we could have continued that conversation for hours. You can tell that Pamela and Alan are so passionate about what they do and opportunities they provide these business owners. And I think... Alan, you know, said it perfectly when he said providing DBE opportunities is just merely it's the right thing to do. And he said it's all about relationships. And I think that is is so true. You're right, Caitlin. Every time I listen to Alan and, and now have met Pamela, I feel like I'm learning about new opportunities that exist at airports or are out there for people to be involved with. And so I just encourage you, if you're listening to this and you're interested in this program, really pay attention to it. Reach out to either one of them. They would love to talk to you about it and just get involved so that you can learn more about what opportunities exist. And they mentioned so many programs and so many statistics that I think are really great. So we will post all of those on our website at fromtherunwayup.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and we hope that you will join us again in the future.